Welcome to A Certain Age, a show for women who are unafraid to age out loud. Have you ever watched a movie about a big city lawyer turned bed and breakfast owner in Vermont and thought, I'd love to do that someday? Or read a book like Under the Tuscan Sun about a woman who switches up her life into camps to Italy and thought, I want that life. Fantasizing about dream jobs, big juicy adventures, and creating what's next is a big part of how we slog through the jobs of our 20s. Getting to midlife often means it's now or never time to make those dreams real. My guest today has a dream job. At least it sounds dreamy to me. Natasha Musley is the founder of the travel company The Voyagiste, and she leads small group tours around the world with a collaboration of lifestyle experts and local guides. Last year, she was in Morocco, Peru, and France, and she's poised to head to Italy this spring. She joins me today from Paris to talk about her midlife career pivot, how to turn a deep-seated passion into a paying job, and of course, how, why, and where to travel. If you need some inspo for your own juicy midlife explorations, stick around. This show is for you. Welcome, Natasha. Hi, it's so great to be here. And what a nice introduction. Dream job. I love it. Oh, well, it, it does sound so dreamy. And spending time on your website and Instagram and seeing the adventures, the beautiful imagery, you know, it definitely, uh, you know, stokes wanderlust. Um, I would love to just kind of start. Tell us where you are, why you're in Paris, and, and when and, and why you launched this travel company. So I'm in Paris this week because I'm running a small group tour um, we're doing it's called bites bubbles and bargains and it's just a theme that I picked up because I noticed on other trips that I've uh, where I brought people to Paris um, they really loved kind of the wine or champagne um, the um, food and the amazing shopping so it's a trip uh, you know geared around that um, so the um you know, basically the trips that I do are trips that I would love to go on myself. And that's kind of how the company started. Um, I had this opportunity, a friend uh, owns this beautiful property in the southwest of France and was trying to figure out what to do with it. And they um, were talking to me about it. And I just kind of put two and two together. It was just like this opening uh, that, that I found that I thought, well, you know, why don't I just run, try to run a trip? Because I have a bunch of friends. Um, I know someone who I could run a trip with. Maybe we could see where this goes. And it kind of just all led from there. I had no um, designs on starting a travel company. But uh, just kind of opportunity by opportunity, I kind of just you know, created this thing. I love that. That's been actually a theme of this show that I have, have women guests have come on to say they started in one place and it evolved into another, right? And I think that's actually something that's very magic about, about getting into midlife and getting going. Like you don't have to know where something is going to end to get started. So when did you, when did you, you did that first trip and then it evolved and grew into more of a business. So when, when was that first trip and, and how many years have you been doing this now? So that uh, first trip was in 2015. And I mean, it's been going since then, uh, with the exception, of course, uh, of the two years of sure. COVID. Um, but, you know, like, I mean, I, I, I still am trying to figure out where I'm going with this. So, you know, I do these trips, trips that I um, would love to take myself, but I also run trips in collaboration with um, other women doing great things. Um, you know, people like Amanda Thebe, who I believe has been on the podcast. Uh, she's the author of Menapocalypse. 
um, Jen Salib-Huber, who's the menopause nutritionist, and another um, Sonia Lavelle, who uh, is a menopause mentor. I mean, it sounds like I'm kind of going in this direction of menopause, but at the same time, the trips that I'm doing aren't really like strictly for women. Um, really, the th although the theme kind of is that they're generally geared towards quote women of a certain age. <laughs> That's why you're on the show. I love it. This is this is we are your people, Natasha, and we want to yes, take the, we, <laughs> and we want to take these trips with you. And in fact, um, I'm so glad you mentioned Amanda because that's how I learned about your company, Amanda Thebe, who has been a very wonderful guest on the podcast. I've had the pleasure of being on her podcast with all due respect and I follow her because she shares so much wonderful common sense advice on fitness and menopause and and kind of reinventing um, how we live and and take care of our bodies during the, this phase of life. She is has done trips with you in the past, and she's doing a, an upcoming trip, and that's what really put you on my radar. And when we connected, I just felt like the DNA of your company is so right for the show. You know, we are... We're, we're trying new things on for size in, in midlife, and we're looking to sort of create meaning or, or to realize creative sort of passions. And I would just love to um, ask you, you know, what were you doing before you launched this in 2015? And, and, you know, did anything in your background make it make sense to be launching a travel company? Well, I mean, before I launched um, the Voyagiste, I was, um, for the most part, a stay-at-home mom. I mean, my background, educational and kind of career track background was in journalism. I have a master's degree in journalism. I worked for various lifestyles magazines, and um, I sort of gave it all up when um, I had my first child and we moved back to Canada from London, England. And so I, you know, at that point, I decided, okay, I'll just stay at home and be a mom. And I did take, uh, I did, you know, some freelance editing throughout those years, but um, you know, nothing travel related. Uh, so then of course, you know, this opportunity came up to run a trip. Um, and I just, I kind of feel like all these different things that I've done in my life sort of feels like a preface to starting the Voyagiste because, you know, being a journalist, I mean, you know, this is that you're essentially kind of helping tell people stories and creating these trips, you are sort of doing the same thing, kind of helping people live a sort of story while they're, you know, creating a story while they're living it somewhere, you know, on the road somewhere. So, um, I love how these I threads mean, came together and really, and I, and I, I definitely love this notion of creating a story for the week that you're on. And, and I, I wish I was with you in, in France for this bubbles and, and, <laughs> and bargains and, and, and bites. That's such a phenomenal, um, so trip. So tell us about some of your other trips that you ran this past year and what do you have on the horizon? Um, this, I mean, this uh, last year, I, you know, I've, I've done a lot of um, people love going to Morocco. So I do a lot of fun trips to Morocco. Um, and I did last year, I did my first trip to Peru. And that was um, a hike in the Andes. Uh, and we also visited uh, Machu Picchu. That was an incredible trip, because we all kind of had to help each other up the mountain, so to speak. Um, and France is also a very popular place. I do trips to Paris and also the south of France. I've uh, run trips in Italy, Spain. Um, just last week, I was um, researching a trip uh, in Argentina. 
I went to Patagonia in Argentina and it was amazing. And I'm really looking forward to running a trip there. Uh, I mean, there's just so many trips going on. And and next year in the spring, I'll be going back to Peru. I'll be doing a trip to Jordan um, and France. there's just there's just really the the best place to find out where I'm running trips is to go on my website. But um, there's just always evolving. I love researching new places and um, you know coming up with new trips, new stories, basically. I love this. First of all, you do have the dream job. It's not everyone who's listening right now is nodding their head, thinking, you know, how can I be Natasha? <laughs> But, you know, I'm sure that it's not always glamorous. You know, when we think about things like running a culinary school or being a traveling gu- you know, guide or owning a charming inn, which I was joking about earlier, you know, at the end of the day, work is still work. Uh, running a company takes time and grit. What has been one of your biggest challenges of launching and scaling the Voyagiste? Oh, I mean, I'm still trying to figure out how to scale it. And so that's probably my biggest challenge. Um, but... I mean, it's true. Like, I mean, there there are the dreamy aspects of it. I mean, I get to go and uh, visit these incredible places and meet all sorts of interesting people. But, you know, the thing you don't see is that I'm also spending hours in front of a computer trying to figure out accounting and, you know, all the paperwork that's involved in it. There's just that that's a big part of it, too. And there's a lot that goes has to go on in the background for a trip to um happens successfully. And, you know, there are a lot of people out there who really hate, I mean, this is, this was a complete, it blew my mind when I found out that there are people out there who really do not enjoy planning trips because it's something I love doing so much. When I uh, learned that there are people who don't like running trips, then I realized, well, actually it's a lot of work for some people. And it's also a lot of work for me. It's just that it's work that I enjoy. I absolutely enjoy planning trips. It gets me super excited. I love researching them. I get charged up, but I get it. You know, people are busy and they want to sometimes outsource this. So for a listener who's thinking, you know, sold, I, I want to sign up for one of Natasha's trips. Um, fill us in a little bit on how it works. What is the size of the group? You know, how do you break your trips down? Is it all like, you know, sightseeing? Is there leisure time? Is there free time? Walk us through what your average trip looks like. Because obviously, you know, a hiking trip is going to feel a little bit different from a wine trip in Italy. I mean, I would say that the average trip is, um, the average trip size would be about eight to 12 people. It could be a little more, but not really less. And uh, like max, max, max 14 people. And um, what I do like to do is have kind of a planned activity every day. And then, I also like to give people some time, you know, for the rest of the day to kind of, you know, maybe there's something that they want to do that's not included in the itinerary or some people just need time, you know, on their own because it can be a lot to be with a group the whole time. Although I I have found that despite the fact, like despite the fact that I give people time on the itinerary to do things on their own or explore on their own, it tends to be that there's just such a camaraderie um, during the trip that people end up hanging out the entire time. That's... I mean, I call it like summer camp for grownups in a way. <laughs> it's just so fun. And it, it's so fun. And it's it's like how many opportunities do you have in midlife um, to meet new people and make new you know, friendships? 
that can be lasting. Absolutely. It's so bonding to be in new places with people. I just had the pleasure of doing a weekend retreat with about 30 women and then, you know, maybe 70 more came in for a, a day trip. And it was, it, I just felt like I, I met and connected with women that I'm going to keep up with that I'm now following on social media. We, it's wonderful to add new people to our lives. Natasha, we're heading into a quick break, but when we come back, I want to talk about some of the other benefits of group travel. Rosebud Women crafts beautiful, organic, sexual wellness and intimate self-care products to support women in midlife. Their Honor Everyday Balm is a magical vulvar and vaginal moisturizer with Basa Bolo to build back skin resilience. I use it and absolutely love it. Arouse, the only three-in-one stimulating serum available on the market, enhances sensation in a woman's own lubrication. Rosebud Woman also offers award-winning body care products crafted to address the top needs of women of a certain age. I use the Anoint Oil on both my face and body daily. It is silky, smooth, and deeply hydrating. Join Rosebud Woman in a lifestyle of deep self-reverence. A certain age listeners who use the code KD10 at checkout receive 10% off their purchase. That's K-A-T-I-E-1-0. Head to rosewoman.com for beautiful sexual wellness and intimate care essentials. Natasha, we're back. We talked about summer camp for grownups. I was nodding my head. I'm like, that sounds delightful. I will do summer camp in Paris any day. <laughs> what What are some of the other benefits that you see of group travel now that you've spent you know, this many years leading these small curated trips? Well, I always say that it's really good to get out of your comfort zone. And obviously, travel gets us out of you know our homes and what we're used to. It's getting us out of our comfort zone. And um, I just think that it's such a good thing because, I mean, first of all, it is, you know, like being in our comfort zone is a good thing. It's safe and safe feels good. But it's also a fact that we need to be uncomfortable to grow. Um, and, you know, like that growth shouldn't stop at midlife. Um, I, I found personally that, you know, going through menopause um, kind of wreaked havoc with my self-confidence and self-esteem. But um, doing something like traveling was just a, uh, it's, it's exciting and it's pleasurable. It's just an easy kind of way to get out of your comfort zone. I mean, being fully aware that, you know, these kinds of trips aren't possible for everyone, but it's a chance for you to grow. I also find that, you know, it, when I'm when I put my physical body in new places and see the beauty of, of a new landscape, when you're having different foods and you're experiencing different cultures, you know, your synapses start firing differently, right? Your brain gets excited. You, you're, um, you know, you come, I, I come back with new ideas about what I want to oh, do that's... and try. Oh, yeah. And I feel like it's, you know, sometimes I worry that, you know, when I'm at home, sometimes I can't, I, I walk into a room and I can't remember why I got there, you know, or, what, or why I came upstairs for something. And I go back downstairs and I get back to my desk. I'm like, oh, right. I went back up for the charger. You know, your brain's not working that well, but travel fires neutrons in different ways. Um, tell us. A oh, little... it doesn't, it, oh, sorry. I was just going to say that, you know, I find that when I'm traveling, I, I kind of start looking forward to being back at home because it gives me these ideas that kind of help me be more creative and even productive. Like, I just think when I'm away, it's like, wow, all those things that I can do, you know, it just gives me fire in a way. It's, it's just there's just it, it can give you superpowers in a way, I guess. Absolutely. L Natasha, let's switch gears for a minute, though, because you said something earlier that that I want to 
explorer. You said that sometimes these, you know, these small group trips are not available to everyone. Obviously, it's expensive to fly to a different country. It's expensive to get on an airplane. Um, travel with family can be very expensive. I know you've got kids. I saw from your website and, and sort of a quick Google search that you do travel with your family regularly. You did a major trip over one summer. Uh, where you rented out your own home. And I would love for you to walk our listeners through what that looks like and how we might choose to incorporate that in our own lives and travel budgets. Oh, yeah. So I actually have been, we've been renting out our home every year for the past, I think, 15 years, ever since my, my children were babies, basically. And it was a way for us to um, kind of help offset the costs of going on big trips and um anyone like many people can do this uh you know we we use a specific website that's called sabbatical homes it's geared to people in the academic and professional communities but you can there's so many um, home exchanges and airbnb of course where you can rent out your home and if if you feel comfortable doing it and um we uh it's helped us um you know, show our children the world, really. So, Natasha, do you have any other money-saving tips that you can share for travel? Um, You know, using, maximizing your credit card points can help with airline tickets or hotels. I mean, there are all kinds of points programs that that's a useful way to, um, you know, help lower costs. And I also kind of like to do a high-low thing when traveling because we as a family take off for two, like the entire summer break for the kids. So it's two months off and and we leave for two months. Um, And so in that time, I like to do, you know, sometimes we'll stay somewhere that's more expensive. And then other times, you know, like during that same trip, uh, partly it will be less expensive. Or, Or there are ways of doing things where you go to a fancy dinner maybe, but then, you know, like several other meals will be less so. So yeah, high-low is a nice way of doing things. And do you um, rent homes with your family or do you stay in hotels? Because hotels really add up. And I'm I'm the mom of three. So, you know, with my husband, that's five of us. And it's really hard to get five people in one room. And it can be hard to get five people in two rooms sometimes. Yeah, we do. I mean, since we we tend to go away for you know long periods of time we do tend to rent homes as well i mean there's the benefit of having you know all the conveniences of home you know like a kitchen laundry facilities but also the space i mean with three kids or two kids or even one child uh it's just nice to have that added space cuz hotel rooms especially you know in some parts of the world can be very small and and you do need that space especially when you're traveling with your family kind of to um, break away from them sometimes. And it's hard to do when you're all stuck in the same hotel room. Absolutely. And so um, I'm, I'm curious, what have been some of the favorite places you visited as a family? What has been a favorite trip that you've taken with uh, the Voyagiste? Ooh, um, that's a tough question because we've had so many um, incredible trips, both, you know, with family and also uh, with the Voyagiste. But for family, I would say the most special trips have been um, related to my and my husband's own personal family background. So I'm, um, my mom's Filipino and my dad's Iraqi. Obviously, we haven't taken the children to Iraq because it's very difficult to do that. But, you know, t- taking them to the Middle East 
and um, visiting those countries and taking them to the Philippines has been very special. And, and they're beautiful places. I mean, um, I think everyone should try to visit them. Where in the Middle East have you taken your kids? Um, we've taken them to uh, Jordan and Morocco. Nice. I'm trying to think. And, and of course, and Israel as well. I mean, they're, they're, they're beautiful places. And, and spending time, you know, in, in, the, in a desert, in a Bedouin camp in Jordan, you know, looking at the stars in the sky is just... That sounds so fabulous. That's definitely on my list. My daughter, uh, Grace, who is a, a senior in college and is a, a scuba diver, uh, just got to spend um, several weeks in Egypt uh, diving in the Red Sea. And they were bordered. You know, it's the Red Sea on one side and then the desert on the other. And she said the stars were miraculous, you know, it's just yeah. because there's so um, little light pollution. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's 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 high on my list. So if you wind up Maybe organizing you can join me in Jordan next year, <laughs> <laughs> who knows? Never say never. It sounds exciting. And I've actually had the, the pleasure of visiting the Philippines. I lived in Japan after college and traveled in Asia for about six months before I returned home and spent about a month in the Philippines. But this was years ago and, and went to some beautiful places like Bohol to see the Chocolate Hills and, and went mm -hmm. to Boracay, which was such a small, beautiful, pristine island. At the time, I think it's changed a bit. There's been a lot more development. Where in the Philippines should we put on our list if I, if I can get back there? I mean, you've named two of the top places. Um, Boracay, if you went there, you know, years and years ago, it was probably still, you know, like you say, less developed. And it did get a lot of development and, and, and you know, pollution in a way. But then they shut it down for a while. So it's back to having these beautiful white powder beaches and um, so it is still on the list, you know, Bohol for the Chocolate Hills. It's a, a stunning landscape. Um, Palawan is another place uh, that's just got beautiful, like, coves and water. I mean, the Philippines is, you know, 7,400-something islands. It's And, and uh, so, so many different experiences you can have and among the warmest and most hospitable people you'll ever meet. So uh, I don't think you can really go wrong by just kind of, picking any area there, there's something of interest. I love it. What's a, what's a bucket list destination for the company? Where have you, I know you said Patagonia is one, you know, if you could, you may not be planning it yet, but um, if you could get there in the next couple of years, where would it be and why? Oof. I mean, I, I think I would probably say the Philippines because it's such an important part for me and I'd love to share it with people. But personally, um, as a bucket list. I'm not sure if I would be able to take people just because I'm not sure if there's as much interest, but I'd love to visit the five, um, quote, stands of the Silk Road, um, like Turkmenistan, Uzbekistan, Tajikistan, Kyrgyzstan, and Kazakhstan. I, I just, in my imagination, I, I think it would be a beautiful place and a kind of an interesting, overall interesting cultural experience. It sounds phenomenal. So, you know, w when people travel, you know, what is something that you think that uh, what's sort of an attribute or quality that makes somebody a good traveler? You know, I'm curious because you're leading group trips. You know, I'm sure there are people with different appetites for adventure. What is something that is sort of a universal quality that makes somebody a, a, a terrific travel companion? I mean, I think there, there are the obvious qualities like curiosity, openness, a willingness to learn, um, uh, also like a sense of adventure um, and, a, and an ability to adapt because, you know, things don't always go to plan 
which which can be a good thing, by the way, but um, being able to not dwell on what's gone wrong and also kind of being open to change are qualities that are great um, for travelers. But also on a practical level, I think um, an ability to pack light should never be <laughs> because um, it's just so much easier to travel unencumbered yes. by like too many things. And also you end up, you know, accumulating things on travels anyway. So Natasha, this is just a metaphor for life and for midlife, honestly, like everything that you just outlined, that spirit of curiosity, adventure, openness, willingness to roll with the punches and not to drag around a lot of baggage, right? So we're entering midlife, we could be dragging a lot of baggage with us. So I think, you know, when when you have the ability to pack light and, and have sort of that joyful spirit, it's it's not, you know, only for travel. I think we should all sort of take on those qualities as we as we move into our, our you know, our, our second, third fourth and fifth acts um, oh exactly because like midlife and beyond is also kind of a trip in and of itself so totally so i wanted to ask you before we move into our speed round and sort of wrap up our, our travel thing i want to ask a little bit about the business of building a business because if a listener is thinking you know that sounds amazing i would love to launch my own travel company or they may be thinking to themselves, you know, N- Natasha did this. I'm ready to finally like open my knitting shop or my yoga studio or to just make their passion into a paying job. What is a piece of tactical advice that you would give to a budding entrepreneur about how to realize their vision for creating uh, and turning a passion into a job? Gosh, Um I think probably the best, I'll just share the best advice that I received when kind of thinking about what I was doing was a friend of mine told me uh, the thing that I needed to do was meet with someone different um, every week. Just make a plan to meet someone for coffee once a week for you know the foreseeable future and just with no kind of agenda just to talk to them. And I, I didn't think anything would come of it. So I just kind of met people. Um, you know, it started off with people I knew. And then they would say, oh, you know, you got to meet my friend so-and-so. And just talking to people, um, you know, and a, a, variety of, a variety of different people kind of really sort of helped me on the business side. It's we I, I have a hard time describing how that works, but... It just really helped. No, I think. I think you did that because, you, you know, we, we have to expand our network of people. And, I, you know, I, I would sort of take what you shared and maybe take it one step further by saying we need to let people know what we're up to. Um, because that when we put things out into the universe, when I launched the podcast and I told people I'm launching a podcast and I'm looking for information on how to host it and who would do the audio, this is how you – start to get resources and information, educate yourself, and then also get people's buy-in and, and excitement and information. So I think that's, that's a great piece of advice. Um, I would also say that you can, you know, you can learn a lot by researching through things like, you know, LinkedIn. This is how I find a lot of my podcast guests. Um, I would also say interesting people know interesting people. I met Natasha mm-hmm. through Amanda, you know, and so once you start putting yourself in action for whatever your your um, you know vision is for your your job, your next act, your passion, you can then kind of have that six degrees of separation that might connect you with a person that's going to really make a difference for you and your 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 business. 
Yeah, and actually for anyone who's listening, um, you know, who might be going through menopause and the, you know, possibly having issues with self-confidence or self-esteem, I think it's really also important to kind of own it. Don't be shy. Just, you know, this is a, a passion that you have, you know, these thoughts, you're thinking of starting whatever business, uh, just go for it. You, you have nothing to lose. And if you don't go for it, you, you know, you may regret, regret what you hadn't even thought of you know, you only regret the things that you didn't try, right? Exactly. We, we, we don't. Thank you. Exactly. I love it. All right. So Nahasha, we're going to move into our speed round. We need to get you back to your Paris trip. We need to make sure that you've got a glass of champagne in your hand soon. I know it's late from where you are. So I so appreciate your time and, and uh, conversation. So we're going to do our speed round so we can set you back onto the streets of Paris. Are you ready? <laughs> I am. Okay. Launching the Voyagist was... Scary. Scary. Nice. Okay. Honest answers are always appreciated. <laughs> the, I think I might know the answer to this one, but I'm asking it anyway. The country I could return to again and again is? France. Oh, I thought you were going to say the Philippines, but France <laughs> France is always a good idea. Mm -hmm. uh, on my bucket list, and not the Kazakhstan, the, the Stans, since we already covered that. What's another bucket list destination? Um, Newfoundland. Ooh. Okay, that came out of left field. Yeah. <laughs> Can I ask why? Well, you know, I do most of my travel is international and it, 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 it this is the other thing. I it, most of my travel is international and when I'm away I think wow, there's so many beautiful places here in Europe or, or Asia or Africa or wherever. But then, you know, these beautiful places also exist in my own home. Like I live in Canada and I have hardly explored it. And Newfoundland is there and it, it looks beautiful. And I think there's Newfoundland is just one of many places in Canada that would that are very worthwhile visiting, I think. Yeah, we have beauty. We have beauty all, right in our own backyard. Mm -hmm. um, OK, surprise. This super trendy destination disappointed me. Oh, my gosh. I feel like I might be stumped. That is good. You pick well. All right, moving on. Put this underrated destination on your list. Oof, I've said the Philippines so many times, maybe it's not even underrated. So let me think of something else. Underrated? Again, I'm, oh, maybe Montenegro. Okay, check bags or carry on? Carry on all the way. Packing lists or do you wing it? Kind of a bit of both. All right, hybrid. Best tip for jet lag? Um, don't think of the time zone that you've left. Just only live in the zone that you're in. Smart. Okay. Finally, your one word answer to complete the sentence. As I age, I feel grateful. Oh, nice. Thank you, Natasha. This was such a treat. You've gotten me excited about travel. Um, and I'm sure my listeners are going to be checking your trip out. Before we say goodbye, how can they find you and your company and learn more about your travel offerings? Um, you can find me on thevoyagiste.com and also on Instagram at thevoyagiste. Thank you. This wraps A Certain Age, a show for women who are aging without apology. Thank you for listening in and being a friend of the show. If you are an ACA fan, if the show adds some zip to your workout, your car commute, or daily walk, if the show makes you happier, smarter, more inspired, or simply makes you feel like you're hanging out with some fun friends, please think about writing an Apple podcast review. It's super easy to do. Just open the podcast app, find the show and scroll to the end. 
Special thanks to Michael Mancini, who composed and produced our theme music. See you next time, and until then, age boldly, beauties. <laughs>